Hi, I'm Robert McFerrin. Welcome to the 21 News Podcast. Joining me today is David Welch, the Detroit Bureau Chief for Bloomberg News. David, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. You have just recently written an article um, discussing Ultium cells and it being basically ground zero between the UAW and GM, Ford and Chrysler's battle to unionize their EV battery plants. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. So what does this mean? So look, Ultium's the first battery plant um, in this new construction we have where there's a joint venture between, in this case, General Motors and LG. In the future, you'll see uh, joint ventures with Ford and CATL and Ford and SK. That's their two suppliers. And uh, Stellantis is partnered up uh, with another Korean battery supplier. What that does, that changes everything uh, in the eyes of the companies because instead of a battery plant being owned directly by GM or Ford or Stellantis, it's now owned by this different corporate entity. Therefore, it doesn't automatically get pulled in to their national uh, agreement that governs wages, compensation, and management for its engine plants, transmission, and assembly plants. And, and that's why we had the union organizing this plant in Lawrencetown uh, separate of uh, any other plant. They had to run a whole new organizing drive, and they're still trying to negotiate an agreement right now. And it's not just part of the national agreement that we saw with the old Lordstown assembly plant that General Motors used. And the in Audium, and they voted in December to unionize, but um, they've yet to reach any kind of agreement and are still negotiating. Um, do we know how long something like this is expected to take? Um, I would assume they'd get an agreement, assuming that you know, without a big strike or something like that, sometime late summer this fall, but it is, I think, complicated to some degree by the fact that you do have the national negotiations for a new agreement with all three of the Detroit car companies, uh, Stellantis as well, I should say, not so much Detroit anymore, but you guys get the idea. Yes. Um, there will be a master agreement negotiated this summer and fall, and I think what the union would like to do is pull the, the, the Ultium plan into the master general motors agreement you can't do it yet with ford and Stellantis because they don't have any battery plants that are open but i, I think the union wants to in fact i know they, they want to do that and does that mean they hold off on settling an agreement at ultium until they see what happens at the bargaining table with the national agreement possibly we'll see um, they could settle an agreement that raises wages and benefits at ultium and then you know eventually they, they pushed it to get uh, the same wages up to $32 an hour that the employees have at General Motors assembly plants. We'll see. But um, this one could drag on a bit just because we've got these two different agreements being bargained all at once. And what is the current pay for people that work at the battery plant? So you start at $15.50 an hour if you're a maintenance worker, $16.50 um, if you're working the line uh, doing various jobs that make the battery cells. And I think they go up to 20 or 22 an hour. They have a decent benefits package. Uh, the workers have told me that. Um, but, you know, workers at a General Motors assembly plant uh, start 20 or more, depending on what they're doing, and they can work up to 32, 32 an hour. So quite a difference in pay when you're starting at 1550 and some of the work, some of the veteran workers uh, within four years are getting up to $32 an hour at General Motors. Absolutely. And, um, with the legacy automakers, are, are they inclined to see this as, you know, something they want to hear about, you know, or 
uh, something they want to um, work with, or do you think they they want to drag their feet on this? Well, look, I, I think they'd probably like to pay as little as possible uh, when they negotiate a new deal. You know, I, I spoke to a GM executive when I was working on the story, and he said he wasn't sure if it was even legal to just pull the Altium plant into the master GM agreement because it's a separate corporate entity. And that master GM contract is between GM and the UAW. You'd, you'd probably, you'd have to get LG to sign off, right? Like, they're a 50-50 partner in this, and they're going to have to agree with whatever new compensation there is. There are multiple possibilities here. If, if the Altium plants don't get pulled into the master GM agreement, which I think will be difficult to get GM to agree to, they could have a mirror agreement or you know, something very similar paying benefits. And then maybe their union often does things like side letters that establish rules for certain things, like if people want to transfer from an Ultium plant to a GM plant and vice versa, uh, they could do things like that. There are ways to work it out without making it part of the master agreement. Um, but you know, the company will say they need their wages to be competitive. The union will say that uh, EVs are, are expensive and the work is more difficult and they should be making the same thing as assembly workers and they should have the same rights. So that's that's the push and pull on both sides of the bargaining table as well. So are Ford and Chrysler closely watching what's going on with this deal? Yeah, they are. Uh, I think they'll be in a very similar position once they start to open their plants. Uh, I think you know the union will go in to organize those plants and the, the companies can play a role. They can be very passive and just simply quickly recognize the union, which is what the UAW wanted them to do at Altium. Uh, at the end uh, of the day, what LG decided they didn't want to do that. So they forced the union to campaign, run a full election, which didn't really do much for LG because the union won the election overwhelmingly. Uh, but you know, the, the companies could, as a sign of good faith, let the union come in and just quickly recognize it without a big election and then try to bargain a deal. But they're all going to be in the same boat, uh, however the road you know they take to get there. And with the entire auto industry changing, um, with the uh, creation of electric vehicles now being sold, um, it takes fewer workers, so there'll mean possible reduction in uh, United Auto Worker uh, workforce needed. Um, what does this mean as far as the car workers themselves? Um, you know, that, that's that been the conventional wisdom that there are fewer parts in an electric vehicle, so they're not going to need as many people to put them together. Um, and eventually that might be the case. I think you, you might see that just because of manufacturing plant efficiencies anyways, even without the shift to electric. Um, but you know, we're going to have this long interim period where they're making electric vehicles and internal combustion vehicles. You're going to have engine and transmission plants and battery plants and, uh, you know, plants that make parts for electric vehicles. And you'll have assembly plants that some make both of the vehicles and some only make EVs, but you're going to need those workers. So right now, if you look at it, GM has actually been adding people. They hired, what, 1,100 at, at Ultium. They hired back a bunch of people who had been laid off at the Detroit Hamtramck plant, which is making electric vehicles now, and they're expanding in other places. So far, they've actually added jobs. Over time, uh, could it mean a total re reduction in workers? I think so, but I, I, I think it'll take long enough where workers could be retired out. I, I do think, look, to your point, one of the things the union is worried about is 
they lose a bunch of engine and transmission workers in the union ranks over time. And they don't make that up by organizing battery plants and other factories that make components, steel, you know, electric motors, inverters, and all that sort of thing for EVs. And they want to get those jobs so they can maintain their relevance and, and, and take a leadership role on pay and compensation for auto workers for the next hundred years. And I believe this is a contract year for GM as well. Do you think this will play a role in uh, whether there would be a strike or not coming up? Yeah, I think it will. You know, the union is, you know, they've got a couple things going on. One, they see this whole battery plant issue as, as ex- existential to the union. If they don't get some big gains here, if they don't uh, have a, a very solid representation of those workers, and not just the ones at the Ultimate Plant in Ohio, but all battery workers going forward, uh, they're going to see that as a threat to their existence. And also, you know, you have a new president, Sean Fain, who ran as a reform candidate after, you know, there's a lot of corruption in the union. And, uh, you know, he's going to want to prove that he can get them a good deal. He's going to want to show that he's different than the old guard. And he's going to bargain hard. And if uh, if the companies don't want to give in, the, 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 you know, there very well could be a big strike. And likelihood of seeing the union take place in here in Lordstown uh, in the near future, you think is good? Well, they have, you know, they, they have a union local there now. Uh, it is organized. If you mean, will they get a contract there pretty soon? I, I, I would think no matter what happens, um, you know, sometime this fall, strike or no strike, eventually you'll have a deal that that not only covers Lordstown, but the rest of the company as well. Look, even when there are strikes, the last one I think was 40 days, uh, eventually they got a deal. And do you think this will um, slow down the uh, willingness to grow uh, the battery plants here in the U.S.? Um, you know, I, I think if, if, if the automakers had their way, they'd probably uh, make more of these batteries in Mexico or someplace else. But the Biden administration has such big incentives to make the batteries here and also make the the minerals that go into those batteries in the U.S. that there's just too too much money at stake for them to send this stuff offshore like they did with so many other auto parts and and, and vehicles. That's very interesting. Is there anything else you can add and uh, tell us about uh, what we can see in the future? You know, Watch and see not only if the union gets a contract uh, for all team. I mean, they will eventually, but not only the details of that contract, but how connected that contract is to the master General Motors contract that will govern work rules compensation at all the other plants. And if it's a separate agreement at all team where workers have no rights to flow between Ultium and General Motors, and the pay is a lot less. That means the union wasn't able to get uh, their way, and they weren't able to do much for the workers at Ultium and for future battery plants. But if they win pretty similar compensation, and there's any kind of connective tissue between those agreements, uh, that tells you that the union managed to not only improve the uh, livelihoods of those people working at Ultium, but they have a pretty good path to keeping battery workers, battery work in uh, under the influence of the union for many decades to come. It's very interesting. Thank you very much uh, for your time. And uh, thank you for sharing with us today, David.
Thank you.